Welcome to Succession Stories. I'm your host, Lori Barkman, founder of Small.Big. As an exit value planning and M&A advisor, I call myself a business transition Sherpa. My mission is guiding entrepreneurs on ways to build value in your business and then benefit by letting it go. On this show, we spotlight the theme of transitions, not only to reward you for your hard work, but also to ensure that you look back on your succession without regret. Catch all the episodes and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to visit SuccessionStories.com to sign up for our newsletter. Here's to your success. Your business will be more valuable if it's transferable. As a CEO or business owner, you should be replaceable in your organization. Yet only 50% of small businesses have a succession plan, impacting overall success and limiting potential. It takes more than an understanding of the importance of succession planning. It takes discipline. Beth Miller, an executive coach and succession expert, returns to Succession Stories to discuss her new book, Replaceable. Listen in for tips to develop the right succession plan for your organization. Beth Armknecht Miller, welcome back to Succession Stories. You are the first person to come back for a part two. How about that? Oh, well, I I feel honored. Thank you so much, Lori. I've, I've been looking forward to chatting with you today. You and I have so much to talk about. You are obsessed with succession. And of course, this show is called Succession Stories. So we met last year, you had reached out and we recorded episode 36. You were episode 36. And we had a great conversation. We talked about issues surrounding succession planning and how business owners can avoid pressing mistakes. And so since that time, you've turned your experience into a book, your second book, Mm -hmm. which is called Replaceable, an obsession with succession. So congratulations on the launch. And thank you so much for being here. I look forward to talking with you about the book. Oh, well, thank you, Lori. So let's start. So let's jump in. Why did you decide to write a book about succession? Well, you know, I was a Vistage chair for many years. So I worked with small business owners during their succession and through their succession, some of them that had very successful exits, while others not so successful. And so during those lessons, I was thinking, gosh, you know, it'd be really great to be able to sit down and write my learnings from these great individuals so that other small business owners wouldn't make the mistakes of some of the things that I saw and follow the path of those individuals that really were successful in their exit. So that was kind of how I had the idea. It was in the back of my mind for for several years. And then the pandemic hit. And I was like, wow, you know, I've I've got some time now. Why don't I start writing the book? So I I started, I think it was July of, of 2020. And it was launched in last month in September. Yeah, it's a it's a labor of love. And I'm I'm holding it up here for anyone watching the video on YouTube. They can see the book. And, you know, one of the most important roles of a leader is to think about succession, because the reality is, is 100 percent of us are going to leave our companies one day. 
Yes. And so how do you set up your team, your family, your successors? How do you set it up for that transition? And if a listener has listened to any other episode besides this one, they'll have heard this from me, which is, look, transitions are going to happen and change is going to happen. And so if we embrace that and we try to be proactive and thinking about what those options might be, some of those options might include selling the company. Mm-hmm. I don't say and advocate that they have to sell, but at least right. it certainly is an option. Yep. And creating those options is really what it's all about. Having more options to choose from should lead to a better outcome, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. And so for companies that where the owner or the, the CEO is the most important person in that business, where we call it a hub and spoke challenge, where yeah. they are the ones answering all the questions, they're firefighting, and mm-hmm. the business isn't set up for success to transfer. It's actually a worthless business. That's correct. Exactly. Yep. Have you seen that happen where an owner just could not separate from the business soon enough and ultimately it closed or it liquidated or it just had a failed succession? Yes. Yeah. In fact, in the, the book, I actually have a story that I started out with a story of, of two companies, one that did the succession playing very successfully and the other one that didn't. And the one that didn't was really controlling a lot of what was going on in, in the business and had could never really see what life was going to look like after the business. And that's that's one of the major roadblocks I see. This was a family business, and um, I mentioned that you know I had been a, a Vistage chair. The the group had worked with this individual for about a year, saying, "Hey, you know, you're getting getting older. You need to start planning your succession." And he did, but he didn't. It wasn't a strategic succession plan. He wasn't developing his people like he he should, and sadly. I got a call on a Sunday morning that he had died of a heart attack. And what happened was 18 months later, that company just shut down. There was, there was nobody prepared to take over the business. And it was, it was really, really tragic. That is tragic. Yeah. Now the other guy really was very purposeful about planning for succession and had identified a high potential to take over and had started developing him. In fact, that individual was actually in my, my Vistage group. So at the point where he actually sold his business, he was only working in the business one day a week and it wasn't a company that needed him. So he actually got full value up front, he had no earnout, and it was an all cash deal, which is very unusual and desirable. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. for people who don't know what an earnout is, it means that it's a commitment from the seller to stay on board, typically for you know one year, two year, three year, right? And, and a lot of times, there's financial milestones tied to the earnout. Yes. So it could be on revenue, it could be on profit, it could be on the other things. And so, yeah, it's advantageous for a seller to not have an earnout and to have an all right. deal. So yeah. that is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So we want to make our businesses able to thrive without us. But yet so many organizations do not have a succession plan and they don't have an exit plan. And we probably should right. talk about the distinction between the two. Yeah. Oh, and let's see your cat. Is that your cat? <laughs> yes. well, yeah. Put, there he is. Hi. What's his he, name? 
His name is is Mr. Bates for um, Downton Abbey. <laughs> Mr. So, Bates. But the pro- the problem is he's not quiet like Mr. Bates. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's welcome to be part of the show, so well, you can you. have him on your lap there. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So back to the question, which is, why do so few organizations have succession plans in place that's written down and formalized? I think a lot of it has to do with with the owner and that, you know, the, the owner is fearful, really. I mean, they would never admit it, but they built their business. Their life has revolved around the business and they don't have a plan for after the business. And I talk about that in the book. That's one of the big roadblocks is as a business owner, if you don't understand what life looks like after you sell, then you're less likely to to really be driving that succession plan. And the succession plan should be something that is ongoing. It's not it's not like an exit plan. Succession planning is all around around making sure you've got the right people in the right seats at the right time. And that means you need to be integrating that succession plan with your annual planning. And so it should be refreshed every year. That's something that a lot of companies, smaller companies do not do. Right. They're not writing it down. It's in their head. And yeah. if it's in your head, it's not really a plan. Right. You're, exactly. not held, you're not holding yourself accountable to it and no one else is holding you accountable yeah. to it. So exactly. that's really important. And there's a lot of transitions happening in the marketplace. We hear about, you know, the high profile ones, Jeff Bezos and, yes. and others. So, but there's also retirement. Some people retiring, some people are starting other companies. They have that vision of what they want to do next, as you point out, which makes them more satisfied. But there's also a pretty frothy M&A market. Yes. You know, so there's a lot of activity there, too. Mm-hmm. And by the way, just to sort of mention, do you love the show Succession? Do you watch it? You know what? I don't. I don't watch a lot of TV, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a really Maybe I should check it out, though. You should check it out because yes. it is about this very high profile, successful family where lots of things, they're doing lots of things wrong. So maybe uh-huh. that's what we'll do is if you come on a third time, yes. we're going to dissect that show. Okay. We're going to ask, can that company be saved? Can the family be saved? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, so we'll save that for another time. <laughs> so if a company has a next generation, which could be a next generation of managers or it could be mm-hmm. related parties, it could be yes. family, but they're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. what's an approach to bridge the gap from now to when they are ready? Well, the first step is, is to really analyze what the gaps are. So you, you need to understand what your key positions are versus the key people and determine, okay, are those key people in the key positions? And if so, what are those skills, behaviors that need to be developed so that they're ready in time for that, that next position. So a lot of my book is around development and how do you make sure that you can identify your high potentials and make sure that, that you're developing them in a timely manner so that they're, they're prepared. There's a lot of research, especially with millennials, that if they're not getting developed, they're going to leave. And The idea of a succession plan, if you can communicate that you've got a succession plan in your organization, you don't have to, you're not naming names. You're just saying, hey, we're committed to 
a succession plan, which means developing the people within the organization to be ready for when our company is, is larger to take on more responsibilities. So you're not, you know, you're not committing to stepping away. You're committing to your employees and developing them. Is this something for companies that are a, a certain size that typically you see maybe 40 and, and above? Right. Yeah. Usually I look at it as kind of the 30 employee and above as, I mean, if, if you've only got 10 people going through this process, it's going to be overkill. But if you've got a thousand people or 5,000 people, this might be a little light the process, especially when it it comes to competencies and defining what competencies are critical to a position. I mean, large companies will spend millions of dollars on competency models and, and they will have to update them every, every year. What I do is I look at it as a competency ladder and there's kind of two, two levels. The first is core competencies for your organization that all employees should have. And those competencies align with your values. So, you know, if you've got a value, which you should, you should have multiple values. What behaviors support those values? And then what are the competencies around those behaviors? And then there's a second level, and those are the leadership competencies. So I don't say, hey, go and and create competencies for for every job. It's competencies for single contributors and then leaders. Gotcha. And this is typically the owner, the CEO, looking at his or her organization Mm -hmm. from a top-down perspective. Right. Do you get into conversations with people about their board and board succession? You know, I did not address that at all in this book. It's specifically around the organization itself. The board's a little different in the fact that, you know, you're, you're not getting involved with their development, right? They're, they're people from the outside. Um, you, could, you could use some of the techniques that I talk about um, as it relates to board, like uh, key positions, for instance. You know, if, if you've got... If you feel like you need um, somebody that's uh, really connected to the, the financial world or connected to some of your industry, well, obviously, if somebody's rolling off, you're going to want to replace them with, with something you know, similar to that. But no, I, it's, it's mostly around, it's, it's the organization. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, so it can work for, for organizations of a larger size where you have yes. the depth and the bench. You yes. can think of this skills matrix for your board or your board yes. advisors. Yeah. But then also, I think it's important to acknowledge that this is a journey, right? You were saying that it, it is not a one and done. Right. Um, but even in smaller organizations, I have mm-hmm. a client that is under 20 people, they're probably mm-hmm. 15, uh-huh. have some really key lieutenants. And if yep. those people left, they right. would not have anyone in the organization who could step in. Yeah. So while we say that, you know, there should be this, you know, more formalized process, it's probably worth saying for the smaller organizations, especially if they are envisioning a transition in the future, they are going to have more of an acute problem because there's just less people. Yes. So it is pretty important there too, isn't it? Yeah. 
especially those key positions. Yeah. If you've, if you've got, you know, a salesperson who has, um, you know, strong relationships with your clients, you know, if that person should, should exit, how are you going to keep those relationships without them, you know, disappearing with, with your, your salesperson, right? Now, granted, granted, you can have all the, the legal um, paperwork related to, you know, that individual not taking your, your clients, et cetera, but eventually that will run out. And, you know, you might have a year or two, but you need to really need to be careful from a risk perspective of those key employees leaving. So, you know, how do, if you've got 10 people, for instance, well, one of the things you can do is, is uh, cross train um, so that you've, you've got some, some sort of backup. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the smaller the organization, the riskier it is. It is. It is. Yeah. So let's go back to the idea around the connection and the difference mm-hmm. between succession planning and exit planning. Now, in your story, as you laid out, there's some paths these characters are taking. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess in real life, too, you know, and and I know these characters are probably based on some uh, amalgamation of clients that you've had, people that, you know, anonymized, of course. Yeah. And when it comes to exit planning and being able to create that vision as an owner, what your life might look like. Mm after the sale or after you've retired from your business, either right. way, right? Exit in the sense of you're not part of the company anymore. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's so difficult for people to think about what's next? The unknown. They haven't experienced it in the past. I think that there are, there are some individuals that are more uh, prone to looking into the future while there are others that are more about the here and now. So those individuals that, that look more into the future and have a good support system around them. So if they're already involved, for instance, with some other activities, they could get more involved with those activities, right? The, the people that are have lived so much for their company are the ones that have a harder time letting go, at least in my experience. Um, the, the individual, uh, Dan in the book, um, Dan is, is somebody who had some, some activities, but didn't have as much time to do them. So he expanded those. And then he, his, personal situation was changing where he was becoming a grandfather. So he wanted to spend more time. So there was a, there was a personal reason for that as well. Um, And he was just very committed to making sure that not only does, was the exit good for him, but for his key employees as well. So that, you know, yeah, he, he had a, a very nice, cash windfall, but um, there, his key employees also uh, benefited from, from the sale as well. Yeah. And I have the same ethos of when I work with clients that we need to talk about the business readiness. Mm -hmm. We need to talk about the personal readiness. 
Yes. And a lot of times the personal readiness is sort of the afterthought, but I try to, I try to bring it forward because yeah. if they're talking with me, they probably already have decided at some level that they mm-hmm. want to start preparing their business for sale or preparing it for a, let's say an internal succession or, or mm-hmm. some sort of exit on the other side, right? What's yeah. coming in the next three years, five years or right. one year can happen too. And we do have an assessment and you probably have tools too, but like we, we use an assessment where we call it the pre-score, which is a personal readiness to exit. Hmm, and okay. it boils it down into different attributes, like four key drivers. And so mm-hmm. they dovetail very nicely with what you're saying. And we can measure where are they in that continuum of readiness mm-hmm. and then talk about an action plan. What are those questions they need to be exploring? I have a husband and wife that are clients and the husband's mm-hmm. the owner of the business, but the wife works in the business. And of course she's involved day to day and she's sort of leaning towards being more ready than he is for some reasons. And it's been interesting to have that conversation too. And so a lot of times I think the value that advisors can have with a client that's contemplating is mm-hmm. being able to draw out these uncomfortable, yes. uncertain kinds yeah. of things. Like we're not a therapist, right? We're not no. a licensed <laughs> therapist, but <laughs> a lot of it is fear yes. too, right? We're yeah. getting older or fear of change. Yeah. So this, yeah, this kind of squishy place, this uncertain place, I think it is valuable to have a book like yours to be able to have the time to explore, right? Yeah. But it's also helpful to talk to someone. Yes. Yeah. I mean, most of my work is is asking the questions that they've never asked themselves or they've asked themselves, but it's never been in the forefront of their their mind. So, yeah. And it it gets it gets them to self-reflect on, you know, what what could be um, versus what is. Yeah. Well, I guess just share a little high level about the book. You talked about the characters in the book, but I know you also have a lot of tools in here. Yes. So so maybe just give the cliff notes if possible. <laughs> if someone wants to find your book and, you know, what would be a good reason for them to to go get it on Amazon or wherever they're going to buy it? Well, I think if if you're a business owner, whether whether you're 40 years old or 60 years old, it it really doesn't matter as it relates to succession planning. Succession planning is not just about you and your company, but it's about the people internally. And if you are focused on creating a path for the company, as well as creating a path for the employees, hopefully that will increase retention. And right now we've got, we've got a huge talent war going out there. I mean, worse than we ever had in the, the last 10, 15 years. And we've been talking about talent war for, for a long time, but it's, it's, it's really, I mean, when I talk to, to business owners now, the two things they talk about as a, the biggest challenge are talent and supply chain. So if you, if you are, if the employees know that there's a succession plan and that um, they're being developed as part of that, that plan, you're more likely to retain them and retain them for a longer period of time. Yeah. You mentioned that earlier. I think that's a really good point about millennials. Yes. Millennials tend to be mission driven and purpose driven. 
Mm-hmm. And you, you talked about tying core values to behaviors. I was just with a client over the last couple of days doing strategic planning. Mm-hmm. And while this company is not a new company, they're not a startup, they've been around over 10 years, they've had different versions of core values. And you know what happens there? People start to do eye rolls. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. Like, yes. Oh, no, there, there's not more again. core values. Not again. Right. Right. And so with this leadership team, which is a younger team, you know, in terms of tenure, not necessarily age, but tenure, <laughs> it was really important to talk about that. How do we bring these values to life? And we did. We talked about that as an example of, okay, with your people, you're going to look for the behaviors and identifying when someone is kind of out of expectations. You now have something to come back to. And using it in succession planning is such a powerful way to demonstrate why they matter. Yeah. And I also, in the book, um, I have a a, um, chapter on hiring because eventually you're you are going to have to hire people externally because you don't, you don't have a person to succeed another person for some reason. And to integrate those core values and behaviors into the, the interview process so that you're getting the right people on, on, the, on the bus. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, is there anything else about the book that you'd like us to know? I think that, you know, it's, I've, I tried to, to condense it, meaning it's, there's, there's a, it's a lot of how to, there is a a story, but it's really a lot of how to. So if, if you are somebody who is, you know, going through business planning right now and want to include succession planning in the process, this is a great book to, to, to use to, it will help you to determine whether you're ready for succession planning, do you have the infrastructure? Um, and if if not, how do you how do you fill those gaps while you're developing a succession plan? Because um, there's there are things like you know development development plans. There are, there are a lot of small companies that don't do development plans and don't have career conversations. But those are things that you could easily create as part of um, your succession planning process. Yeah. And let's talk about the big why before I ask you for your favorite quote, we're going to talk about the big why and the big why here is you will have more peace of mind. And probably if you're going to continue to run your business for the next, you know, 10 years, 15 Mm -hmm. years, having the bench of people around you, the processes to support you as a business owner is not only going to make your company more valuable, but it'll probably make your work-life balance, being yeah. happier in that, in that environment. And then also that bigger picture of creating more enterprise value, I think is certainly to underscore in Simon Sinek, start with why that's the biggest, yeah. that's the yeah. biggest one. So yeah, I love to ask everyone and because you've been on the show, you've already shared a favorite quote. So now I've asked <laughs> you to choose a different quote. Yes. What is, what yes. is a quote you'd like to share? So I, I have quotes in my book. So the, the one that I wanted to, to um, use today is from Peter Drucker. And it's to be a, a manager requires more than a title, a big office and other symbols of rank. It requires competence and performance of a high order. Competence of a high order. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So if my son doesn't take out the trash, I can say he does not have confidence. <laughs> 
of a high order. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use that. I like that. Peter Drucker. (laughs) And I thank you very much for including me in in the book. You asked me to do an acknowledgement of it. And I really appreciate that. So, you know, again, if people pick it up, you'll, you'll see a quote from me in there in the beginning. And I do think it's a really valuable read. I do encourage everyone to, to check it out and it'll help give you some tools, how to, as Beth said, And also, you know, if folks want to find this, what's a great way to get in touch with you or to find the book? Right. Well, the the book is on Amazon. So just type in replaceable and obsession with succession and you'll find it there. It's uh, both a a soft copy as well as a hard copy. And um, and then to find me, you can find me on my website, which is executive-velocity.com or on LinkedIn and uh you would put in Beth Armed Connect Miller. I think there's a bunch of Beth Millers. (laughs) (laughs) We all have our uniqueness. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Well, one of the other things, and you know, Beth, we talked before we started recording. I'm a little bit apprehensive to say this and share it, but you're giving me the courage to do so. (laughs) I am going to write a book as well. And I have not officially said it, but now I'm saying it on air and everyone's going to hear me saying it. And so now I'm going to hold myself accountable to it. So I really appreciate you showing me the way that this is going to be you make it look so easy though but it's well, going to be fun it's going to be fun yes yeah and if you if you ever need some some tips on kind of the process please reach out to me <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so more to come on that from me but Beth thank you so much for being on the show talking about replaceable your book an obsession with succession and of course sharing your knowledge I really appreciate it well thank you for the invitation I've really enjoyed it Laurie My objective is for you to have a lucrative and successful succession. If you want to understand the value of your company today, the potential net proceeds of a transaction, and your financial needs after you leave the business, that's a great place to start. The sooner you understand these numbers, the more time you'll have to close the gap if there is one. Take the next step by requesting an initial meeting to begin planning for your business transition and strategic exit today. Request a call with me by visiting smalldotbig.com. That's smalldotbig.com. I look forward to speaking with you.